This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. Oh my god. Uh, Roscoe, fanalist in the beaner. Um, why is there no oversight for the officiating in this league? That is absolutely embarrassing. I like <laughs> what happened? Just like Bush League. Like what? This is the National Hockey League here. We need to be calling things. Exactly. Like, even Frege said about the Ovi hook. Like <laughs> happened last night, happened tonight. It happens, but it shouldn't happen. Yeah, and that's important to note that this is not just coming from a Leafs like fan point of view. This is happening all over the league. It doesn't matter what game you watch. The officiating has been absolutely horrible this season, like worse than I've ever seen it. It's like everything from the playoffs last season. They just said, let's just keep that going. Let's not call anything. So uh, it's like I said before, let's just instead of everybody being shocked by us not calling anything in the playoffs, let's just not call anything all season. Yep. Tweet from uh, Mike Johnson. Don't like bagging on the refs, but the desire to not call penalties late or an OT is flat out wrong. Hook on Hyman, hold on Matthews. Those have to be called. Refs are deciding games in an effort to not be a factor in them. It has to change. Yeah, and I was freaking out from when Tavares was getting three on one and just like absolutely held and hooked from every end. Like that was insane. And he was barely able to get the puck out of there and then immediately goes back the other way. And then Matthews gets held like, oh, my God, that was so bad. <laughs> I just like, ugh, like everyone is pissed. Even the, the analysts uh, on Sportsnet, they needed a moment to kind of collect themselves before starting the, the show. Like it's one of those things where it's like you said, it's not a least fan perspective. It's an everyone perspective. So something needs to be done here. Yeah, the Leafs didn't draw a single penalty all game, which is insane. This is 60 minutes of hockey. You can't tell me that the Arizona Coyotes had zero infractions all game. That's impossible. Yeah. And not only that, they missed Matthew's goal. <laughs> like, I, I'm not kidding. There needs to be – I've said this so many times – it got so bad in the NBA that they had to sit down between the players and refs and be like, all right, this is getting out of hand. Everybody's screaming at us. Like, we got to sit down and hash this out. They got to fix this now. Like, the playoffs are coming up. This needs to be worked out now. This is bad, man. They got rookie refs starting, too, in the middle of the season. Are you joking? <laughs> this is in training school and, like, you know, game number 57 of the season. <laughs> you do this in, like training camp or the preseason games you know like this is exactly not the that's time. what preseason's for but absolutely so let's get right into it do twitter questions first because i'm, I'm mad and that's <laughs> what i want to do first um so the first one uh maple leaf i'm just gonna give a shout out too emotional to ask a question right now give me a bit i need to settle down all of us do yeah <laughs> um so john um asks What's your at? I will at Toronto underscore John 63. Um, this is to us and at Tim Peel. <laughs> Thoughts on another brutal non-call by the officials? Well, that's it. Welcome. Um, Mr. Uh, let me let me give you a proper intro here. <laughs> As he eats his pasta. 
Joining late, but never. <laughs> so you get Gotta two for the price of one. I got uh, pasta with me tonight, okay? Dirty broder. <laughs> no, not that pasta. Actual pasta. And it's quite <laughs> yummy. Got a carb load up? Exactly. I did come from the gym, all right? It was, uh, <laughs> it was a little late night uh, lifting session. And I was so angry because of that non-call, which is what I wanted to talk about. Oh, and one thing, so Darty comes from a football background. And the one thing that I was like thinking about that just like just clicked in now from my years of watching hockey, I'm like, why don't they call back goals on non-calls? Because like, and I'm okay, I understand this will drive hockey players mad, but like think about this way, every football game, touchdowns get called back. Why? Because, because there's a flag on the play, right? I'm not saying it has to be done in hockey. What I'm saying is why particularly in hockey do non-calls just go like, like it was blatant. Right. It's simpler than that, though. If you can challenge a goal for being offside, why can't you challenge a goal for there being a penalty that created it? They will call back a touchdown in football for being a prick. Literally, like if you just like if you take the football and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Number one. They're like, nope, take it right back. You son of a gun. And so like the 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 only problem with hockey is it's such a, a slippery slope that you go down. Right. Like, yes. That was clearly 100% that was a penalty. But the ref and Arizona would then argue, well, Matthew still got back. He could have blocked a pass. He could have blocked it. Like, right? Like, there's so many variables. It's not as as silly as it sounds. It's not as simple as football, right? Absolutely. I, I, I can see what you're saying, but that, that would be the, ca- the counter argument to it. Yeah. It's unfortunate because Matthew's clearly let up a little because he figured the whistle was immediately going to get blown. And even in the first period, when there was no whistle for so long, and even in the second, the commentator said, are the whistles in their pockets hiding somewhere? It's like no one knew how to use a whistle tonight, and it affected the game overall. It's just... Yeah, I mean, the first period was like 15 minutes without a whistle. That's insane. Yeah. Like the first period was done and by there's so many things that happened. Yeah, Seven thirty and we were in intermission, like Eastern Standard That's Time. That's insane. <laughs> that never happens. And just a just a quick shout out at that point, I said in our group chat, uh, at this rate, the game's gonna be over by nine fifteen. And Darty said, Not if it goes to OT. Well <laughs> Yes. You called that one. Sure enough. Actually, we got to expand on that because I didn't. I don't want you think that was some Leafs homer. Like, yeah, the Leafs are going to win. It's going to go to overtime. No, no. I literally, I said it in this manner. I said, now that you have said that this is ending at 9.15, Johnny, because I was actually, I was going to cut my gym time and I was going to head straight home. It's like, now that you said that this is ending at 9.15, I can almost guarantee, given all the sleepless nights that I've had this week, staying up till 12 o'clock, that because the Leafs love us so much, they will bring it to <laughs> overtime. So I will yet again have another sleepless goddamn night. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it wasn't because I love the Leafs so much. It's because I haven't gotten any damn sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. I hate to, I'm, I'm not discrediting the refs at all for not calling this but at the same time should matthews have just kept playing and you know yes absolutely yeah. end of discussion 100%. so i guess that's a lesson for him there and just you know don't you're never gonna argue for a call like they're never gonna 
blow the whistle because you started yelling but at how them. How many times so, have to teach them this lesson? This is not the first time. This is not the second time. This is not the end. This is not the beginning of the end. This is the end of the beginning. This is this has happened so many times now, Johnny. Like someone has to but, take that man in the room and say, look, you will not get the call. This is not football. This is not soccer. You play to the fucking whistle or you will get a fucking. <laughs> this is but at the same time, it's like if you're being if you're in, in a, a workplace situation and a manager is abusing people. And you're, you're just like, all right, I just need to fall into line and just go with how this is not being done properly. Like, I mean, I know that's an extreme because this is a sport and it's officiating is different than being a manager. But I mean, that's the only parallel I can make. And in that situation, like, you have to say something like, I, so I get it that if you just kind of allow this to keep happening and no one argues it, then it's just going to continue to happen. But then like, this I'm, is what... I'm glad he made a stink about it because like, unfortunately it led to there being a goal in overtime and they lost. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he, there needs to be a discussion around how bad the officiating has been this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biggest lesson learned, like you said, never give up on the play because that also leads to other mm-hmm. goals that happen during the game. Like even the Arizona goal, when the, went off the crossbar up in the air and you thought it wasn't going in, Travis Boyd didn't give up on that. Or Willie making a few tips to change change the way of play. So just got to keep or at Mrazek it. Or Mrazek not yeah. wanting to use his glove. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Or stay in the net. Yeah. like like <laughs> So the story of this game is goaltenders tend to the goal and referees ref the game. Mm-hmm. please oh man i had like the biggest like sometimes i have these like funny thoughts in my head like very like you know simpson-esque thoughts and i was thinking like so the, the way peter Mrazik plays sometimes i don't think he realizes what the actual score is like like i just had this like this thought this see again i don't know how peter Mrazik talks like maybe he has a totally normal accent but in my head i was thinking like after he like right before he's pulled he turns to like sheldon keith and goes hey coach i am doing good no and, <laughs> and then and then keeps like no and he's just like ah shit because <laughs> just wow. like the way he played that game is just like like i said he doesn't realize that like oh like i'm really losing right now like he's just so loosey yeah. yeah it's like the first i want to say three but it was the first two goals from galchenyuk and checker in the first where he was literally not even in the net like and this isn't the first time i've never seen a goalie that is less spatially aware of where their posts are yeah i was gonna say that he it's like he's colorblind or something it's like he doesn't know the difference between blue and white on the ice Uh, every time i see the replay of the goal this guy's 10 feet out from the blue paint and i'm like (laughs) man it's not like you're vasilevsky where you're covering the whole damn net like you're you're kind of a small guy like you don't fill that net you need to move back man and i appreciate a good challenge don't get me wrong but this is just unacceptable but that first goal yeah and it wasn't even like he was half out of the net Mm. it was like his right shoulder was against the left post (laughs) what are you doing yeah i appreciate john johnny not trying to sorry steph not trying to defend marazic but you clearly don't remember vesa toscala i was (laughs) like (laughs) what what year are we talking like 2006 i was like 12 years old when he played for the team so i remember them being bad but i don't remember his individual plays no yeah uh, another question here from Mike at MTC underscore 80. Can people stop with the, oh no, the Leafs could have to face Tampa or Florida in the first round? Uh, how about we start saying, look out Tampa or Florida, you could have to face the Leafs. Also, does Amazon sell referees asking for a friend? <laughs> no, you want to know why people, we're never going to stop saying that. This is the exact reason why we say that because 
because we see things like Matthews still waiting for for non calls, right? That's why we have to worry about Tampa because when you start playing teams like that, you cannot just like I was, you know, screaming about. You can't you can't just you know wait for things to happen. You got to take charge, right? It sucks, and I understand where you're coming from too, Johnny, because I'm the one who brought up the the whole football thing, right? At the end of the day, you know. You got. You just got to play the game, right? Like you know what the rules are. You know. You know it's not going to change overnight. Like if if Matthew really wanted to change, he's got to go up to Gary and be like, "Please, Gary, fix this for me." Because <laughs> it's not going to happen during the game, right? During the game, no, you, you got to fucking finish it. Pardon my language. You have a point. No, you have a point. You can't do it during the game. It's got to be even in your your post game interview. Like Matthews can take the whatever it is, fifteen or twenty thousand dollar fine it is for critiquing the refs. He can afford it for speaking out on this, and I'm sure he is right now. You know, because we went straight to recording. But how about Keith on like, the bench? Should he have flipped his shit and just take that? Uh, you know, he might get a fine for that. I mean, a la, a la Jean Cooper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> MLSD will probably uh, will probably front that. Actually, I want to uh, talk about the John Cooper thing later. Okay. So, um, just to uh, touch on the game, Leafs were down three uh, nothing. <laughs> We knew Arizona was hot coming into this game. They had 17 goals in two games because they're fighting for, I don't know, some reason. <laughs> and um, all of the ex-Leafs decided to score. And, um, well, not all of them, but, you know, they all decided to uh, contribute to these goals. Kessel didn't and score, of course, right? Chick- but he got an apple. I think. No. Four out of six got uh, points tonight. Four out of six, and Chickren gets two goals. So, like, and the game winner. So, of course. I picked up Chickren on my fantasy team. You beat me to it. So, so did I. Yeah, you beat nice. me to it. But um, yeah, those two first Morazic goals, man. Like the first one, I appreciate that it was off the blocker. He was trying to like make the puck fly into the corner. It's the wrong angle, and it was another hot and ready pizza with a cherry <laughs> on top, waiting a perfect little <laughs> gift for Gallenchuk to just rush in and score a goal. And then that second goal, man, like I just couldn't believe how slowly that puck that went so by bad. four sticks, including Morazic's, which was out of his hand, and he's doing a belly flop by that point. It's like in slow-mo. It was Insane. painful. Speaking of sticks not being in hands, this happened all three periods, but the amount of sticks that were slashed out of people's hands on both sides and there was no call, I, there was not one slashing call this game. Every time someone dropped their stick, they were like, you could just hear the, what? What? <laughs> you need that creepy graveyard theme every time you bring it up, like, because we were sending more sticks to the boneyard, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Long gone. Back to the forest where that twig belongs. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, the Leafs um, equipment manager who has, have you guys seen the yes. video where he's like watching Darty and Bean, have you guys seen this? The guy, there's a video, I think it was on TikTok that the Leafs posted it, where um, their equipment manager has all the sticks behind him. And without looking, he's like watching who has the puck, and you see his hands move to whichever player has the puck. Yeah. It's insane. He's like, like he knows the order behind him of all the sticks. It's like Guitar Hero. He has a finger on each stick, ready to just grab it at any moment and changes with whoever's on the ice. Like it's it's actually really cool to he's watch. Got this- like this pit crew, it's literally Guitar Hero times three. This NASCAR pit crew accuracy with like the Ollivander's wand. Like oh, I know which stick belongs to this gentleman. Yeah, <laughs> this is the stick for you. Yeah. Oh man. Man, but Keith's challenge though, getting uh, rejected, something that doesn't happen very often. No, and did am I wrong? Was that not offside if you cross the line backwards with the puck? The rules change. Not if you have possession. 
Yeah, and they changed okay. the rules oh, with that's the part skate of the change. too, right, this year? Yeah, it's a vertical plane now. You don't have to actually have your skate technically on the ice as long as it's in the vertical plane of where the blue line is. Mm-hmm. That was pretty annoying. Gotcha. Like That was why that was adjusted, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it just seems that everybody, even Keith, is still adjusting to that. And myself, We're clearly. learning. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's my uh, my giraffe noise. And uh, I feel so blessed. Don't go telling Steve Dangle to do it, guys. I don't appreciate that. That's my thing. Yes. What a great shift from this third line, though. And Keith has been speaking so highly about this third line. I mean, McKay of rushing into the zone like normal, passes it to the point, a huge shot from Lily, which love to see it all day long. Kerfoot keeps the rebound alive. And yeah, Ingval right there on the doorstep with his long ass neck and reach just puts that shit in. That one's... There was like only enough room for the puck to go in there before Wedgwood's uh, pad and skate got in there. Man, shout out to Engvall for squeaking that one in. Yeah. Because man, at 3 nothing, you got to get anything to shed some life back into this. So uh, especially with more than half the second period left. Definitely. But, uh, they yeah, couldn't, that they couldn't that third line is awesome right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kerfoot was fantastic. He scored the next goal. That shot was disgusting. I said, like, Frogger through the traffic. I was looking <laughs> at that. There's so many There's so many people in front of the net on both teams. I was like, how are you going to find a clear? Oh, shit. He just got that clean through everybody. And it was a beautiful snipe. Amazing. So nice. Knuckle puck straight in. Um, the goalie, I know, props to Wedgwood tonight, though. He was pretty solid, even though he did let four goals in. The types of saves he made uh, pretty athletic and you know he they were saying he had such a heavy foot down and he wasn't budging so i gotta say props props to wedgwood tonight worst decision new jersey ever made like they had wedgwood and blackwood and they decided to get rid of like the woods it's just just, like they were they were perfect like sometimes like injuries and stuff will you know obviously ruin your your goalie dreams it's happening to us currently but those guys are both young like new jersey's gonna regret that so yeah man there were so many opportunities for like golf bag jokes having a couple woods like all the tree jokes man there were so many opportunities they got rid of i mean goaltending aside yeah but Moraza <laughs> getting pulled after four goals on 12 shots in the second period there before the perfect goal Ugh. You know who else got pulled on four goals and 17 shots Shistakin. tonight? Igor Shostakin. Igor. No lead is sacred and no tendy is sacred. It's like, you know. No. Yeah. And the the Avs got shut None. out tonight by Carolina 2 nothing. What? Are you serious? Yep. I can't yep. believe we're having a, a score like that in this day and age. <laughs> 2 nothing. <laughs> no kidding. It's been like nine plus goals every game. So, um... That that whole third period, though, the Leafs were, I, I mean, they weren't absolutely dominant. There were a lot of chances where I thought um, Arizona was <laughs> going to score. But man, that, uh, all right, best attempt at first time pronouncing this, Shalgren? That's good. Yes, Eric, Eric Shalgren. That's not what I heard. I heard a, Shalgren <laughs> many times, Shell, Shell. Me too. Um, a seventh round pick, 183rd overall in the 2015 NHL entry draft by... The Arizona Coyotes. No way. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yes. Thank you for that, Beaner. That's awesome. Wow. Um, wow. So, okay. 
he made some great saves. I, there was a hilarious tweet that, um, oh, I forget who it was, but it said, uh, for everyone saying that Shalgren should be the starter moving forward, the guys made like two saves since coming in. <laughs> so yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But um, he's in total tonight. He only made 11 saves and he has a decent, <clears throat> excuse me, records with the Marley. He has 908 on the season, 15, eight and one, but he seems so calm and he didn't seem nervous. Like Morazic obviously has years and years under his belt and Shalgren was just calm, cool, collected. And you'd think he'd be nervous coming in a four, one game where a guy who's like you said, got so much more experience than him is getting absolutely lit up. It's like, I was with the Marlies yesterday. Um, What's going on? I'm going against the team that now has uh, 19 goals in uh, one, three, six, seven, eight periods. No thanks. <laughs> but no, he, he he held it together. He made some, like you said, it was 11, but some great saves, a couple good catches. I mean, the crowd was behind him. Every save he made, they were cheering, especially his first one. That was awesome. Well, thanks to preface why I was so mad at Matthews too. Is like, Buddy was doing so well and you decided that you wanted to wait for a call and just screw, you know, it's like, Oh, the bomb's dropping, but I'm I'm angry that I'm not getting a call. It's like he's gonna get scored on. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Shout out to Matthews though for yet another save. I think his third of the year on the goal line. So Selkie, please. Yeah. Big I bum. Think bunting too. Yeah, bunting and Matthews both save that. Can 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 we bring up the fact that there is a very real potential that Matthews could like pull a carry price and win every award that he's eligible to win. Yeah. Like, and not, not trying to be a homer here, but seriously, he could win the heart. He's probably going to win the uh, rocket Richard for most goals. Yep. He's not far off from the points to win the art Ross. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's only, I think six back or five back. Yep. Rumblings around the league that all the players are thinking this is the best season he's had. So there's the Ted Lindsay for most valuable player voted by the players. And then the Selkie for best defensive forward. I think he could do it. And I mean, the only other one is what, Con Smythe? Uh, That's playoff MVP there, Johnny. I know. So that, hey, you said all the ones he's eligible for. So this is true. If we're we're talking eligible, if he can do it, that's the, uh, the icing. So before. He won the Calder. No Leaf had won a major award since 93 when Gilmore won the Selkie. Wow. And then previous to that, like the last Leaf to win the Hart Trophy was 1955. We're talking Ted Kennedy. Wow. Legend, legendary Leafs. So 67 years ago was the last time. I think it's uh, a very real possibility Hart. that he wins all four. What is that? Five trophies? Mm-hmm. That's... And then Bunting takes the Calder, six. Like, are you joking? 67, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Is this the secret code? I was wondering if one of you would pick up on that. Yes. Exactly 67 years. And it's like connecting all the pieces to the puzzle. It just, it has to happen now. It's funny. I was going to make the joke that the Leafs are going to get six awards and still lose in the first round. Hey, none of that. I know. Uh, so three, three, three tonight, awards like we said, losing the first round, you know, three, one, right guys, Matt, <laughs> since we're talking about Matthews, his goal tonight was beautiful. Like I've never seen this. Uh, well, uh, I actually have never seen this where someone scores and they continue playing. And then the goal horn goes off. Whole play is still going like 
I've seen them like stop and review mm-hmm. it at the next whistle, but I've never seen the horn actually go off while play is still continuing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because the broadcasters were talking about it. They're like, we're still waiting for the goal horn to go off. I'm like, wait, that's a thing. Like they'll just sound it off in the middle of play, but they yep. did. And then and I go can't back believe... to the time that it was scored. I, I cannot believe that they missed it. I mean, he pointed to mm-hmm. it. Why wouldn't they say, all right, let's review that. Like, how did they just play that on? Because there wasn't a natural stoppage, right? They didn't even want to stop the play, it seemed. The whole game, not even this. But are mm-hmm. they not Are they not allowed to stop? If he points and says I scored, are they not allowed to blow it down and check it? They are, but then if he was wrong, then it's like egg on their face, right? Because then they stopped the play just because a player told them, hey, it, it's, it's, it's another one of them gray areas, right? I mean, a face-off looks better on the refs and the broadcast and to fans watching than the goal horn going off a minute later while people are playing, in my opinion. It just seems kind of sloppy. But anyway, Matthews had a beautiful goal, manages to squeak it in around Wedgwood's foot that was in the net already. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Willie closes it off to tie it at 4-4. Let's go. Yes. What a nice yes. shot. a beauty feed from Kerfoot. Yeah. <laughs> And Matthew's uh, goal, we got to shout out to Bunting because that was an amazing pass as well. Uh, oh my God, overtime was nuts. Until that goal, like the first back and forth, uh, that was crazy. It was a uh, Nylander had a breakaway too. Yeah. Damn. And Yeah. It, it, sh- sorry, Steph. Um, yet again, uh, props to Shalgren. Like those saves in OT, just shutting the door like he did. Even the one that beat him, you can't really fault him. No. Nah. Two on one. Like. Yeah, no, he he stood his ground. I mean, he could have let four in on 12 shots. <laughs> he only let one exactly. in on 11 shots and it's his NHL debut. And I think he did really well considering the circumstances. So I'll, we'll take the points. Uh, Should have got the two, but hey, it's Arizona. We kind of expected something like this, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know this seems a little far-fetched, but what's the chance he actually starts the Heritage Classic? With how with how mm. shaky Mrazek looked, why not? Like, like on like, one end, it's like how do you start a guy in the Winter Classic for his second game ever, his first start ever? But it, on the other end, how do you start Mrazek after that? I know. Yep. Like it, it's a catch twenty two. Like there's no win there. But I think <laughs> the best chance you have is Shalgren. Yeah. I mean, look, this is when Bennington broke out. Was halfway through the season. Why not give it a shot? You've got literally nothing else like, and nothing to lose. It's like that movie Big, where it's a child all of a sudden becomes an adult, and now it's like I have a I have a real job now, <laughs> responsibilities now. Exactly, it happened to Tom Hanks in Big. <laughs> <laughs> it's an office quote, uh, man. Yeah. They have to try something, right? Because it's not like we're halfway in the season anymore. Uh, the time's ticking down, and I'm sure Keith wants to solidify the lines and have that backup plan ready to go because clearly the backup plan they paid for isn't that security blanket that we thought he would be. So just got to get playoff ready. And Colgren, second NHL game and Heritage Classic, hey, that's that's already huge props to him. So... Whether he plays or not, um, I think they're going to give it to Mrazek, though. Honestly, I do think that. But I agree. I'd put Kalgren in. Okay, so we just got to get through a couple things quick here because the Jack Campbell 
injury raises a couple questions. The first of which I want to ask is, do we think this is something that was bugging him before? And they're saying, okay, it's bugging you enough that you actually can't play. We wanted to try it out. We're going to pull you. Or is this, we're going to put you down for a bit to have a break. And, you know, what's what's been bugging you the most? Ribs? All right, rib injury. Which one do you guys think it is? Because I'm kind of split. It's tough. And there's a rumor out there, right, about when he got injured. And they're pinpointing it on that first Minnesota Wild game where Marcus Foligno ran through Jack Campbell at that end of the game because that's the day yeah. when his stats started to go down. Uh, I mean, before that game, he was at a 942. Everything after, he was at an 889. So it might have been that. But then he told Riley that something's been bugging him and like no one's ever heard of this. But obviously, they don't tell the media everything. So it's it's really hard to say so that i mean kind of pushes me more towards he's been fighting through something i have no answer or excuse for how morazic's been playing (laughs) Um, but the next question is does this mean is two weeks enough to have to make a trade for someone to fill the gap or do we think that shalgren and morazic can do this for two weeks because you got to find out when you're, I, I mean, not fighting for a playoff spot, but you are, you know, jockeying for a position. Ultimately, I think it comes down to how you think when we're healthy, the goalies will do. If you still have faith in Campbell and Morazic, like Dubas said last week, you ride it out with these two. You're already in the playoffs. It's not like you're going to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Fair. Right. You So you ride it out. You don't... If, if you were going to do a trade to get a defenseman, you do a trade to get a defenseman. Mm-hmm. You don't ruin your your plans that you had been building just because of this. Like, it'd be different if it was, okay, Matthews got injured and he's out the rest of the season. Then you'd need to try to fill those center minutes. But if it's as, as non-serious as they're making it out to be, then, yeah, if, if you have your faith in them, you, you ride it out. So if you're writing it out, the move is a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think of Jacob Chikrin after tonight? I think this was a good show off. I don't know how I want Johnny T feels about him. Guy had him in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, objectively, you're looking at, do you want that on your side? Guy who puts people's, people in headlocks and scores two goals? Sure. No, no, it was JT who had, uh, had Chikrin in the headlock. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, ah. I missed that. He did say Toronto is the mecca of hockey, so... He's aware of, I'm sure he talks to Lubushkin and their friends and Bunting. And I'm just happy to see this guy get back into form because the last three, four months or whatever has been brutal for Chikrin. And two goals tonight, four shots, two hits, two blocks, 21-51. I mean, of course you'd want the guy, you know? Um, can, I, can I make a Galaxy brand take? I think that... MLSE has been making these little moves with Arizona to plant seeds over there. I don't know if you guys listen to how, for example, on Overdrive, uh, O-Dog talks about how well X-Leafs get treated. Um, You can call them up whether you played for them for a month or 10 years, and after you're retired, you can get pretty much anything whenever you want. They'll hook you up. Chikrin is surrounded by, what, seven X-Leafs? 
that mm-hmm. all have MLSE access whenever they want. Can you imagine the flex that that is, especially when you're in Toronto, the hookups that they get? Chikrin's looking around at that going, damn, hmm. that is nice. I think they've just been, this is, again, this is my way out there take. They've just been planting these seeds with these little guys around there to be like, yeah, tell, tell them how fucking good it is here. Mm, but also we got to do that. We have to do the Rob Ford, rest in peace, that if you want to get these uh, these little fun bucks to come here, it, it actually means something. Because you can't just come here and, you know, want to get these little coupons to to be a, a Leafs player and then just, you know, screw us off, right? Like, you got to come here and want to win a cup and that's it. Not just want to, like, you better damn well want to win a cup. Right. So I think playing a few years in Arizona will make you want to go anywhere to win anything. Th- this is true. So uh, I have a trade offer for you guys. Okay. The Leafs trade Justin Hall, William Nylander, and a second round pick next year for Lawson Krause and Jacob Chickren. What does Lawson Krause make? One point five three. Do it. You'd want to. How lose does Justin Willie? Hall sleep at night, knowing everybody just like includes him in all these trades? <laughs> I, I well, honestly, I, I don't even know if no Arizona would do that because they need to spend money. And Neil, like, I, I want to say I don't dislike Neilander. I don't want to run him out of town or anything like that. But no, it's almost it's almost looking like one of those scenarios, kind of like the Freddie one. He's good. He's a great player. He's got all the talent in the world, but maybe his time with the Leafs has just run its course. Yeah. And like we were talking about this last podcast, like who's going to be our Valanchunas, right? Like who's going to be the guy that we love, you know, itty bitty baller. But uh, at the same time, like we're going to have to make, we're going to have to make that. Maybe we will have to make that move where we're going to have to trade someone who it's going to hurt, but all of a sudden, like it might be what puts us over the edge. Right. And I don't know if it's Willie. I don't know if it's Kerfoot. I don't know if it's Hall. I don't know if it's uh, you know, a combination of all three and somebody else, but it's something's if, if we, you know, if we want to go over the edge, like, you know, to that promised land, we might have to make that kind of trade. That's going to scare the shit out of us. Yeah. And I think that's something that people don't bring up enough is that, we talk about these trades from a perspective of, okay, who are we okay with losing? Well, that's not realistic. Let's yeah. talk about this from who are teams actually interested in. Like, we can throw Justin Hall into all these trades. We can throw Peter Morazic into all these trades. If any scouts are at Leaf Games, they're going to say, okay, that's worth a seventh, sixth maybe, fifth, the best. Like, what do you, what do you want us to say? They're well, AHL players that make over $2 million, $3 million. That being said, we got a half-decent return for Labushkin. Or for Labushkin, for Richie. Yes. Again, because the Arizona Coyotes are trying to reach the cap floor next year. They have like three <laughs> players signed. Yep. Like there, I've I've heard rumors. Uh, I think it was even on Thirty Two Thoughts. They were talking about them picking up the Shea Weber contract just so they reach the cap floor. So yeah, getting Nick Richie, who makes three point whatever next year, I I get that. So it helps both sides. But I mean, if we're talking about anybody, I mean, that's why this Lawson Krause thing. And Chikrin makes sense because I think Arizona is the only team that's in a position to pick up the type of contracts the Leafs have. And it's not the small ones. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hate, I mean, I think Valanchunas is the best comparison. If anybody's familiar with the Raptors where it's like you, you can't just keep players because you like them. And because they've been here for a while at some point, it has to be about what's the best decision. If you want to win, the championship as i said yep. he had that itty bitty ballers commercial like he everybody loved him he was just a cool guy you know like <laughs> yeah and uh 
what about attendees though? Like we're talking people, are we still in, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury? Is that still a thing or? I, uh, as much as I love Fleury, he's going to be a hall of famer. I would be more worried about ruining what you have with Campbell. Cause e- even if you talk Fleury into coming, he's only going to be this year. He's not going to resign as a leaf. Mm-hmm. So you're giving up a ton of futures for the hope and a long playoff run. Well, then if you go and do that, what's that telling Jack? That's telling him that you didn't have confidence in him to begin with. Yeah. You're and basically then, destroying him forever. Yeah. And then all those players on that team who have built up this relationship with him, you're you're kind of throwing that doubt in their mind, right? Not that, like, it's yes, it's a business. This is their job. They need to try and separate the personal aspect of it. But I would be really, really worried bringing a goaltender in so because of that, right? Fact yes. or factoid? Because I'm, pr- I was just looking this up. Uh, who was the last French goaltender to win a Stanley Cup with the Leafs? French goaltender to win a Stanley Cup with the Leafs? They Jeez. might not even be the Leafs at the time. They might have been another team. I, I don't. I just know the name. I don't remember the actual. Well, Bauer and Sawchuk were both Western Canadian. Turk Broda um, was not Turkish. Okay, just be- <laughs> in case anybody was wondering. There's probably people who think um, that. Darty Broda. Broda, McC- Broda McCool. Um, I'm going to say Hainsworth, but I don't think he was French. I th- if Okay, as I said, it's fact or factoid because I might not be 100% correct, but I'm pretty sure it was the name was Lauren Shabbat. Or Lauren Chabot. Oh, Chabot. Chabot. There we go. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know that kind of history. But I was just. I was thinking about when we were talking about Flurry. Like I was like, when have the Leafs had a French goaltender? And if so, when was the last time they ever won a Stanley Cup with one? Bernier. And I had to go far and back what, to find. I'm pretty sure it's like 1930s or that? something. I was gonna say it's got to be the 30s. Wasn't back when everybody Chabot. had a nickname. <laughs> Bernier French. He he was tra- traded to the Leafs in 28 29, and he was with them until 32 33. So yeah, he would have won the cup with him in, I believe it was thirty-two. Hmm. Um, Isn't Jonathan Bernier American? Hmm. No, no, he's French Canadian. Although you would think he was American with his comments on Nelson Mandela being a hockey player. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> did I say that? Uh, um, I processed him at the airport once. D- Fun fact: Darty, a, a French Leaf goalie, Felix Potvin, man. Did he win Stanley Cup with us? Well, no, but you said <laughs> that's French, what I, said, I, said, I said I said to win a Stanley Cup. I said I did. I did. <laughs> but I, so did you guys catch uh, speaking of, of goaltenders, Alex Nedeljkovic, um, <laughs> who. OK, so just let's let's look at his last his week in review here. Uh, so he let in 10 goals. Well, I mean, he let in what, seven of them, I think, against the Leafs. Uh, he let in another seven against Arizona. And then tonight, on a random deflected dump-in from center ice, he knocks the puck with the butt of his goalie stick into his own net. It wasn't even going to... It wasn't going into the net. He deflected it into his own net. Basically shot it under himself into his own five-hole. swept it in. And they give it to... Uh, I think Eric Sinek got credit for yeah. it. Because <laughs> he probably touched it, I guess, I don't know, before. But geez, that, they had to go far back because that was... I think the oh glitch God. on NHL when just the guy just I, stops working and then <laughs> you score on yourself, you know. 
So again, well done on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes for dumping Alex Nedeljkovich off when everyone was like, what are you doing? He was so good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, he sucks. Like I, I, I thought maybe I jinxed him because I was going back to all the old – I've listened to all of the Leafs Late Night podcasts, the ones that I weren't on, which are probably really good. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys were like talking a lot about Nedeljkovic. And I actually – like I don't pay attention to like everything in the NHL, so I didn't actually have my feelers for Nedeljkovic. And I was like, okay, who's this Nedeljkovic guy that you guys keep talking about? Like they seem really you know butthurt that you know we didn't make a move on him. And now <laughs> – Yeah. And, uh, it's maybe good that we well, did well. make a move. <laughs> I had him in one of my fantasy leagues up until maybe the end of January. So I was following him closely to start and then he started to drop off a bit. So yeah, fair. But he had some good numbers to start. Anyway. <laughs> the, 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 thing, the thing that's crazy about Nadalkovich is you could have grabbed him off of waivers last last year for nothing. Yeah. Because Carolina placed him on waivers like that. I. I'm sure there's reasoning behind it, but man, if I was a GM, I would have snagged him like no issue whatsoever, especially Edmonton. No kidding. They need a goalie. Jesus. Also waiver uh, news. Shout out to the Detroit Red Red Wings for tweeting happy birthday to Danny DeKaiser and then tweeting uh, Danny DeKaiser (laughs) is placed on waivers. Are you joking? I I mean, they didn't tweet it, but like... You know, it was tweeted out by Friedman within a couple hours of their account saying, happy birthday, Danny. And they waved him on his birthday. Are you joking? Come on. Wait like 24 hours. Why is Twitter the main communication source to, you know, talk between players and the actual league? Like, why are they finding things out on Twitter? How many times now? You know, like, come on, man. I have better communication from high school back when we didn't even use fucking computers. <laughs> like, Come on. President Zelensky tweeted Elon Musk to get Ukraine up on Starlink Internet. World leaders are literally tweeting each other to run this war. I'm not joking. Twitter is, has become like it. For some reason, people... I guess it's just the only way you can talk in an open forum to like make things public so that you're trying to hold people accountable for, or like, I guess for what you're asking of them in that situation. But the problem is like people tweet so much in the sense that like, I, the one thing I've noticed, like I just got on Twitter. If, if you haven't seen me, I've been spamming it lately. Cause I'm just so like, Oh my oh, God, wow. what is this? But it's basically <laughs> like, it's like a walkie talkie, but then everything you say is recorded. So that's yeah. like, that's like yeah. the issue. Cause like you can literally tweet anything. I think when I'm on Facebook, like, or like, you know, Instagram or even Reddit, like I think before I speak, it's so simple, you know, cause it takes so much time to tweet like that. Boom. Right. So it's like, if you have something immediately on your mind, you just can just bleh, whatever. I said, it's like a walkie talkie, oh, yeah. but then you, you get the same time. It's like, it doesn't just disappear. Right? You got to watch what you say. Like I, I got to watch how greasy I am sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so just to kind of round this all the way back to Beaner's trade uh, proposal. So we talk about potentially Nylander. I know this has literally never been brought up. We're just kind of speculating. Trade Nylander? What? I know. Um, if it's the second line we're talking about, I does the bigger contract there not make more sense to try to move to get more back? Or do you think that Nylander and Hall, because I don't think you can do it with Hall. I think it's Nylander and like one of the prospects they have and a second for Chikrin and Kraus. But with the idea that Muzzin will be back before the playoffs, then that's not doable. Hmm. You would need 
Hall or Dermot to go out, and I would much rather, this is my preference, but I would much rather try to include Hall in that than Dermot. So yeah, you'd have to, I think you're throwing a sweetener in to make them take Hall's contract, unfortunately. Because I I don't think he, like he and Nylander, I don't think gets you, like, because I think Nylander gets you Chikrin as far as like the value, but I don't think Kraus for Hall works. Like, I, I just don't see... But then Johnny, you're yeah. basically, here's the thing, like, as we talked about last like episode, it's that second line, like, again, lots of great players on it statistically, but it's still like, it still goes first line, second line under construction, third and fourth, right? If you remove one of those pieces, you, there's no second line. Like, what, what are you going to make that second line? Cause it's already fucked. Like, like we're talking yeah. synch- synchronization wise, like there's some, there's a lot of issues in that second line that, you know, sometimes they'll do well, sometimes they do great, but there's no, they're nowhere near the same level as that first line. So you, if you remove one of those pieces, that's, that's huge, right? You Okay. So, but to bring it back to what we talked about last time is Lawson Kraus a hockey nerd that can play with John Tavares and, you know, fall into a system with him because I, I don't, I don't know enough about him really. L- Lawson, I would put him. Like he's a big power forward, right? Like I would put him almost as a maybe a a poor man's Josh Anderson, but that that's not the best way to describe him right now with how Josh <laughs> Anderson's playing. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I get like, you. Yeah, like he's he's a big body. He can score. He can he he plays with a little bit of an edge, right? Like that might be the type of thing that that second line might need. Poor man's maybe. Chris Kreider. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a better description. Like keep Robertson there, Robertson, Tavares, and Kraus. So you've got your playmaker and net front. See, that's the thing is you can't. I just don't know about a power forward with JT because isn't his whole thing like in front of the net? And then if Kraus's things in front of the net and Robertson's things firing it, I mean, I, I guess. But Kraus is a big body can go into the corners, dig it out. I guess, yeah, it could work. I just, it's obviously not working as it is right now. And as much as you hate to move somebody that's such a, a fan favorite and a draft of the team and everything, it's like, you know, if you want to win, make the moves that are going to help you get there. So, yep, you have to. Are we still interested in JT Miller, Miller at all? Like, is that like a. Yes, but he won't move. Yeah, and I think uh, he'd cost way too much for what he'd bring. I think you'd be give- I don't think that the Leafs have the pieces to move for him. What would we, what would we realistically move for him, right? Like like I don't think they have like they would have to give up too much cap-wise to be able to bring him in that they wouldn't want to. Like if you're talking bringing him in, it would be like they'd probably want Kerfoot plus Oh god. Like you're you're talking moving Nylander, I guess at that point for Miller. I don't see how, like, I know people have been talking about these other potential things for him, but like, just to make the money work, if we're bringing Muzzin back, like, there's no way unless you're, you have to clear the cap space. What if, it's what, not just about prospects and, and picks. What if we did a JT swap? Would they do it? <laughs> <laughs> I would, honestly, I think. I think JT Miller would be a lot better with Nylander, but I, again, I, I, that you're also <laughs> trading your captain. So that's like, that's, that's yeah. And I, I, again, this is all just like, throwing shit on the wall and see what sticks it's throwing shit on the wall but at the at the end of the day it's the two of them are like almost 20 million dollars and it's not really working like it it, they've tried different partners with them and it's it's not clicking so i don't know interesting to see we got 
what is it, 11 more days till we find out what Dubas has uh, up his sleeve. So to flip things over, actually, uh, the Flyers signed Rasmus Bristolein into five years' times, 5.1. Are we going to criticize that? Because I feel like that's... Uh... Is that a good uh, deal? I mean, it's a pretty... I think so because of what defensemen are going for, but I don't think... Rist- does Ristolainen go for five? I don't know. I think it's like a three and a half mil. I don't. Based on what defensemen were getting in the off season, it's a good deal. Like you look at Seth Jones getting nine and a half and stuff like that. But essentially, this is Chuck Fletcher just saying, "Yep, I'm going to keep being an old man hockey and give a defenseman who hasn't really shown us anything this year all the money that I can give him just to keep him." Yeah, let's keep in mind that he also got an additional pay raise just because he's right-handed. So we know how rare those are in the league and right-handed defenders. And I'm personally, I'm shocked to see the 5.1. I would go around three-ish as well. I mean, he only has 14 points on the season, but I know he's not meant for points. Um, I don't know. Is he their first line right D? Don't believe. Mm, I think Provov is. Yeah, I, I think he's second. Right. So, I mean, that's like about what we're paying Brody. And they have Yandel too. Yandel is barely in the lineup. They're just playing him for his Iron Man streak at this point. <laughs> Yandelay Industries. <laughs> nice. But no, I mean, if you're compa- like, is Ristolina, I guess the comparative is Brody then for like five mil. Is that. Is he at Muzzin slash Brody level? I don't. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think he he could be if he wasn't on such a garbage Buffalo team for so long. I think he had the potential to be a couple of years ago. I think the reason why Chuck Fletcher made this signing is because they paid a lot for him to begin with. Uh, they got rid of Robert yeah. Haig. They gave a first round pick and then a second round pick in next year's draft. So. They were like, damn, we might as well keep them and get our money's worth somehow. But I guess. Um, so I just want to end this on a quick little ting about baseball, because this whole lockout has been kind of interesting to follow. Bef- before I don't you if- do, sorry, Johnny, before you do yeah, that, do, do you want to hear uh, what Mr. Gabriel Landeskog had to say about the officiating in the Colorado Carolina game? Ooh, I would. Yes. Quote, in 11 years, I've never sat and talked about referees in a press conference ever. Sometimes it's sometimes it's time for players to step up and speak their truth. I am the one looking like an idiot for getting thrown out of the game, even though I'm just being honest. So he got tossed because he was losing it on refs. Wow. So this is multiple games in the same week. This is insane. This is two games in the same night. Yeah, yeah including the um, no call on the OV Backstrom for hooking. So yeah, he's just lucky he didn't cross check the referee. <laughs> that OV missed call though, man. Like his shot, like his stick was wrapped around Hyman's waist like a seatbelt, and then <laughs> uh, Backstrom came in and just whacked it on the hands twice, and they're slowing this guy completely without making him eat shit on the ice. <laughs> I don't know what else they had to do besides literally tackle him down to get a call. I don't know. It's brutal. They would have won- they would have won the game in regulation. That's the biggest point here. Like, good thing McDavid scored the OT winner and got the game back for the boys. But the like 
the score changes once again. It changes the game, and that's why we're so mad. But, yeah. Maybe the refs are like, oh, he just needs a lift. You know, he's just tired. Just wanted a little ride, you know. <laughs> yeah, I really hope, again, like they have a sit down with the officials. And this is insane. Anyway, baseball. So um, to solve the lockout, I would say this is a big W for the players. I don't, I don't know about you guys if you saw this, but this is uh, so. This was from a tweet. The Major League Baseball Players Association's historic economic gains. So a $20 million rise in the 2022 luxury tax threshold, which is the single biggest year increase in uh, history for the salary ta- uh, cap. So they have a luxury tax like in baseball or basketball where you can pay over the salary cap and uh, be taxed for it. So this allows teams that have more money to spend more money. Woohoo. Um, also, a $129,500 minimum salary increase, which is the biggest single year increase in history as well. Ooh. That's wild. So that... I mean, like I, we've been talking about, or I've been talking about at least, they're trying to force these teams that aren't spending any money to spend more. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, pre-arbitration players will receive uh, estimated $100 million increase in salaries and bonuses. So baseball is very confusing with how it works between when you get drafted and become a free agent. There's like a whole arbitration period and you can like argue for how much you're worth. Anyway, they just added a, a another blah, 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 word vomit. They added an extra $100 million into that war chest for paying out to players that uh, are arguing for higher salaries. So the players association basically held out on starting the season until the owners were like, Oh my God, fine. And I think this is a big W for them. So good, good for the MLB players association. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) I hope uh, they can strong arm Batman and company into something similar. Cause Oh my God, they've made enough money off of these TV deals that the salary cap should be back to where it should have been had the pandemic not happened. I don't understand how, how Gary doesn't like allow a luxury tax anyways. Like the guy likes money clearly like, like, but in riddle me this though, I don't understand where the money like necessarily is divided, you know, after in a luxury tax, like in, in my head, I just think of like monopoly. I'm like, Oh, it's going, you know, right underneath three parking. And then <laughs> whoever lands on it gets it. Like, I don't, I don't know how exactly that, like that works, like the, the luxury tax money, but, uh, I just feel like putting more money into your own league, like allowing allowing teams to spend more money, like can only benefit the league in general. Yeah, shout out to uh, Alan Walsh and Adam Wild for learning me on this. But the um, the revenue sharing is actually only five million dollars per team. I think that they got it might be even be two million dollars. It's somewhere in that range. It's one one number or the other. But that's what the Leafs and Canadians and Rangers and everybody pay out to, like you know. Uh, Columbus and Minnesota and Arizona. So the check that they get is only a couple million dollars. I thought that uh, teams like New York and Montreal and Toronto paid about 10. They do, but the check that those teams get. Oh, yeah. Like each individual yeah, team once it only gets, split gets out, yeah. like a couple million dollars. So at the end of the day, it's like that's pointless. Like that's not, that's a penny to what these franchises are worth. So the point of the salary cap is to stop um, stupid contracts from being signed like Zach Parise and Ryan Suters that just got bought out. So they're, they're trying to avoid those things from happening, which I, I get, but to not allow teams that have the money to spend the money they have and then split that money up to the other teams is just insane. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. 
And how about we start penalizing these referees? They want to make more money? Get some money from your referees and buy them some new whistles while you're at it. Because... (laughs) <laughs> they, they, they definitely just picked up a couple of people that were laid off at Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God, yeah. Dirty. One of them is MGK, actually, in his black and white striped shirt. Oh God. <laughs> Dirty, you had my, my brain going there, so I pulled it all up. 17 goalies have played for the Leafs that were born in the province of Quebec. That's okay. That's pretty cool. But that's like, like, in, like all, they played. Uh, like Yeah, all, all time. And only 13 of them have played more than five games. And you are right. It was only Lauren Chabot ding, who ding, won ding. the cup with them back in 1932. There you go. Wow. Good there job, you go. Dirty. Nice one. Good job, Bean. I'm, you know what? But to your point. No, go ahead. It's, it's, it's a quick one. You know what? Like some days I'll, I'll be sitting at work and I think, what can I do? It's like, I think of, you ever, you ever heard that game show back in the day, Stump the Schwab? <laughs> That's how I feel like anytime Bean's around, I'm like, man, what can I say to like sound a little bit smarter in front of this guy? Because I just, <laughs> you know, you got, you're just so, so wealth of knowledge, okay? And, you know, I said, I got a lot of gray area in my knowledge. I said that Phil Kessel played 1,300 games. <laughs> I'll never get to live that Four down. more years. Like, Four he may, years. he may, but like, I just, he might, like, yeah. you know. I'm terrible at math, right? So I'll just stick numbers on a wall. But you guys actually know you have, you know, real facts, real numbers, real history. So like, yeah, like, I, I, you know, when I'm sitting down thinking about these, like, you know, I got free time. I'm like, you know, what? what's something interesting that could like actually make, you know, being like, have, you know, have a laugh or even Steph have a laugh, you know, be like, wow, that's that's a good one, Darty. You got me on that. <laughs> it's it's a very depressing rabbit hole when you go down the Leafs. <laughs> no, not anything about that. But when you go down the Leafs history of some of the players that they've had and let go or traded, I know you guys are thinking recent times, but like the Leafs had Bernie Perrant, went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Philadelphia Flyers, winning two Stanley Cups. Oh. The, the Leafs had Jerry Cheevers, went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Boston Bruins, winning two Stanley Cups. Lovely. Um, Ken Dryden grew up in the Leafs' backyard, and they didn't pay any attention to him because he was this tall, lanky kid who they felt couldn't play goal. Um, the Leafs found out about Bobby Orr two years before anybody else did, and they said, ah, we'll sign him when he's 18. And then oh Boston, my God. Boston swooped in and signed him when he was 14. Bean, I think you have like ar- Wait, what? archives in your basement <laughs> laminated with all of these facts that you're like preserving. What? I just back have Southie in my basement. Like, back geez. up, back the <laughs> hell up. Did you feed him yet? Boston, guys, Boston <laughs> Bruins were allowed to sign Bobby Orr when he was 14 years old. So back then there was like next to no restrictions, right? Sounds like a soccer deal. <laughs> Pretty much. Is she here, Bobby? You're going to be a star. <laughs> they sign these soccer players at like 13 years old to future contracts. It's insane. Come here, boy. Oh, yeah, and, and, they're, and they're in like the... Like if you sign for Man U, they're in their basic basic academy, right? Forever. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, uh, Bobby Orr, how the hell do you sign a contract at 14? A uh, pack of bubble gum and uh, some chewing tobacco. <laughs> like, do you even have an agent? And yeah, his Basically, his, his <laughs> parents. So he, he... This can't be right here. But uh, this is saying that he was signed when he was 12, but that was when he was first brought to all the scouts' attentions. And I don't think he actually signed until he was 14. That's insanity. But he still couldn't join the team until he was 18. Hmm. 
how do you how does it just so there's no draft then no that was back before the entry draft basically the original six teams had areas so like quebec was the canadians there was basically no almost no way for a player or for a team to get a quebec player um Toronto had the majority of Ontario and they had a pretty good stranglehold on Western Canada as well. And then anybody that wasn't deemed to be top notch kind of trickled down to the American teams as silly as it sounds. What the fuck? Basically the NHL teams would sponsor junior teams. Like Toronto was really big with the Mississauga St. Mike's, the St. Mike's majors. So they would find young kids and they would basically throw them in that school and they would play up through the ranks with the St. Mike's and then ends up end up being a leaf. Huh. I never knew this. So when did they bring the draft in? I want to say it was 64. That's just going off the top of my head, but right, right around there somewhere. And wow. then the entry draft was absolutely abysmal for the first handful of years. Like nobody knew what to do. <laughs> That was well, a really I don't think damn any team good would guess. have had like scouts. First NHL amateur draft was held at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel in Montreal on June fifth, nineteen sixty three. Wow, Ooh, nice. I was off. Wait, so they're that? I didn't know that they were trying to hold it at like the same place as the first one again. Because I don't know if you guys saw it with the. Uh, I don't know if they're holding it there, but with the new stupid playoff logo, the font <laughs> is no, no, no. The the font on it is the font from the Queen Elizabeth Hotel. Hmm. Interesting. Are we the first people to break they, this news? No, I was on uh, Dangle's podcast. <laughs> no, but like break it like this. Like, like, are they actually putting two and two together there? That Like it's the first, you know, like place of the NHL entry draft or? Um, I don't know, maybe. But I, they said that the font on it is like from the original, um, I think, yeah, because it's the place where... Wasn't the Queen Elizabeth Hotel where the NHL was founded, technically? I have to look that up now. I'm pretty sure they call it, like, the birthplace of the NHL. Yeah. It, it, I mean, there's a couple places that, yeah. that claim they hold that title. I know there's a small town outside of Ottawa here that says it's the home of the NHL. There's a little uh, museum. Yeah, because they had a couple different meetings because they wanted to kick... Uh, Ed, Ed Livingstone, Livingstein, out of the league. He was the owner of the Blue Shirts. Gotcha. Well, uh, this has been a fun history lesson. Thank you so much, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Always a pleasure. If you, if you ever get bored, I can, I can just go on for hours. So looking ahead to Sunday, we got the Buffalo Sabres outside at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Did you guys know that the Leafs are the away team for this game? Yep. Why in the hell in Hamilton are the Leafs the away team? Yeah. And the theme is what Canadians and Americans or something like. Is that actually yeah. it? The theme is US and Canada, like something like kind wow, of lame. How creative. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got an American team and a Canadian team. That's it. Done. That's the theme. Really? I had like 10 more things. That was just the that was just the title. Yeah. Nope, that's it. That's all we need. We got flags. We'll just put flags up. Fireworks done. Hey, and guess what? We only just we only need to buy blue. Both of them have red and white. And we got those already. A little bit of yellow, and you're good. This is oh my god! This and I haven't seen like that much marketing for this really. 
I mean, I know we said this about the Nashville one, but like we're in the Toronto market. Come on. Yeah, I think I heard more about it from like people buying jerseys on Twitter and being talking about his tickets than actual marketing for the game, which is pretty sad. Yeah, but I mean, the tickets are always sold out regardless. So it's like they don't need to market them, but it's still I mean, you want people to watch it. It's on a Sunday afternoon. It's very accessible for people that wouldn't normally watch a game to watch. Mm hmm. Ugh. Could you just like like stand on someone's house though? Like I've driven by there. Like, like you could probably <laughs> just watch the game like from like one of those houses. Like if you really you know gave a couple you know bones, probably to, you'd be like, hey buddy, if <laughs> I got if, some if beer, was... I got some cigarettes, I got some money. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was still Liverwood Stadium, you definitely could because it was a lot more open. But with Tim Hortons Field, you wouldn't be able to see much. Nah, it's funny. Apparently, there's no parking lot there. No, there's not. So, how in the why in what? Uh, what? <laughs> Where okay, are they? my job, my job is to um, organize logistics and scheduling for movies. And uh, one of those things is, you know, when you look at a location, you go, "Okay, where are we going to park everybody?" Uh, that's like one of the very first things. So if you're going, all right, we're going to do the Heritage Classic. There's going to be a shit ton of hockey fans here. Um, Hamilton, is there a parking lot? Nope. Great. Let's do it. Well, let's, let's make 18,000 plus. Pro- what do they sell? 30,000 tickets to this game? Yeah, probably somewhere in there. Yeah. 30,000 people. Let's make them all park in the neighborhoods surrounding the place and be drunk walking around from their cars and tailgating through residential streets. That's a great idea. If you want to be invited back to Hamilton, like what are they thinking? Literally, if you ever go to a tie cat game there and I've been to a handful of them, people just put a sign out on their front lawn saying 20 bucks for parking and you park on people's front Mm -hmm. lawns. It's there's, it's like a subdivision that was built in wartime, like in, in the forties or fifties of all these houses. And then they, they plopped a stadium in the middle of it. It's really cool. It's either the- it, yeah, the stadium's incredible. It's a great atmosphere, and Ty- if you get a chance to go to a Ticats game, you got to go. It's awesome, but the logistics of this game is just going to be absolute, like an absolute shit show. Like I, I don't doubt it for a Ticats game. It's fun, but how often are they at capacity? Mm, quite often. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're, I we're not talking about the Red Blacks here, Johnny. <laughs> Hey, I used to live down the street from that place. You could hear <laughs> the parade when they won the Grey Cup was loud as shoot. They went right by my house. It was cool. Well, but, uh, but yeah, they suck. As I say, Johnny, I, we were talking about the birthplace of the NHL just a while back there. Uh, it's looking like all roads lead to Renfrew, Ontario. That Yeah, I was going to say, it's just outside of Ottawa here because they have a small museum about it there because it was where some league was that turned into the NHL. I don't know. The Renfrew Millionaires. Cool. Back but when I that think was like a something thing. happened in Montreal at that hotel that like Having a million bucks. turned it into, I don't know, whatever it is now. So uh, what's their score prediction for the Buffalo game? Depends who's in net. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was thinking the same thing. Do we have Mrazek? Do we have Shalgren? Do we have Flurry? Do we have um, Capo Kakinen? Yeah, honestly, John there could Gibson? be a trade before Sunday. Vesitaskla? Yeah. Corpusalo. Oh, dude. Andrew Raycroft? <laughs> yeah. I'd take Raycroft over Toscala. Yeah. He the wants he's in. running his mouth these days, he, he obviously wants to play again. Like, just give him an you opportunity to be loved by this team. He's so butthurt. <laughs> call, call, call up Cujo. Yeah. Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's somebody, like, honestly, there's somebody they can find for league men that can just fill in for a while, David, I think. David Ayers. 
And then Mar- just wave him. Marty Broder, he's so close to 700 wins. He's so close, yeah. That'd be funny. That would be funny. It's like that movie. Was it Mr. 3000 or something? <laughs> and didn't he play in the first Leafs Winter Classic? Who, who's that? Sorry. Bro- didn't Broder? No. Wasn't he? Didn't the, they play? Oh, I thought he was in one. Like no, that, that was. Ones. You're, th- you're thinking Bernier. Uh, no, but I thought they played. I thought anyway. Never mind. 2014, it was Bernier um, versus Howard in the Big House in Michigan. Gotcha. Then 2017 was a Centennial Classic with Anderson and I believe Howard again. And, and then, then it was Boston with Tim Thomas, wasn't it? No, then it was uh, Washington. Oh the, yeah, the outdoor one. stadium series one, and that was Freddie again. Do you guys remember how cool that Leafs 24-7 thing was I don't at the remember time this, with the, that 2014 game? I, I remember seeing Mike Babcock and yeah. thinking, oh, they'll, they'll definitely make him the coach. I, I, sh- I swear to God, I said they'll make him the coach of the Leafs. <laughs> They're just doing so much. Oh, speaking of. Go ahead. Sorry, finish that. No, no, I was just saying just because they showed him so much, so much on the on whatever that broadcast was called. I don't remember, but it was like they were doing this like like they were really leading up to that whole game, right? They're doing a lot of, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, they'd had a lot of, a lot of shots of Babcock and that beauty, Randy Carlisle. I, I actually liked Randy Carlisle. I don't... Speaking of, did you guys see that shot of Keefe from uh, his first game with the Leafs? How he looks like, I don't know, 10 years younger and it was maybe 16 months ago. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think he's put on a little weight though. I think that like, that'll do it. He has. Yeah, but like the hair's the hair's a little grayer. It's got a couple more wrinkles. He looks, yeah, it's it's that Obama Obama. president (laughs) effect. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so interesting, uh, interesting game on Sunday. We are very intrigued to see who's going to be playing in net. But after the game, we're going to be here, and we're going to have a special guest, as I can now reveal, because this is the last one before they are here. It is going to be Rink Rats NFT. So I know. Everybody has very strong opinions on either side of NFTs, but we're going to learn about what the hell they have to do with hockey. Uh, Rink Rats are the first um, hockey Web3 NFT. We're going to learn about all this because I don't know much about it. I know generally what an NFT is, but I don't really know much about the industry itself. But these guys are trying to get the first one off the ground. So, uh, you know, we'll be we'll get a little sneak peek into what's coming and maybe give you guys some um earlier access than other people in the world would get because we're revealing it here so there's some new previews coming out this week and lots of things so if you are interested in that kind of thing i am kind of getting into it the more i learn about it um yeah check it out on saturday we're gonna have rink rats legendary <laughs> as he is called on uh, on sunday do you- johnny did we talk about survivor today Oh my God, Survivor. <laughs> Sorry, Steph. <laughs> Before we move on to Survivor, the only thing I know about <laughs> NFTs is that, remember that video, one of the OG videos on YouTube? Charlie bit my finger. Those two little yeah. boys. Like, so cute. Anyways, that was one of the first NFTs sold for over $700,000. That original wow. original video, which is crazy. And they only uploaded it to YouTube because the file was too big in an email. And they wanted family from oh overseas God. to see their children being super cute. And yeah, anyways, that's all I know. That's adorable. Um, but from what I understand so far um, that I've learned in the Discord of Rink Rats is that you would have a 
character of some kind. The rats uh, are not revealed yet, so we don't really know what they look like. But the the art style TBD. Martian. Um, what's Martian? that? Oh yeah, they're all going to look like Brad Marchand. But I guess it will give you access to different uh, spaces and different communities because there's only going to be nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of these. So if you are, you know, the the goal is to get people that are insiders and maybe ex-players or current players and things so you know when you have one of these and you go to these web space events there the other people there you know you have access to because they have them too so i think that's kind of the whole general idea VIP. also you get you get um revenues from other people that buy them once you have them i guess is how it works so it's kind of cool cool did we talk Survivor, about uh, vegas uh, losing to buffalo tonight Oh my God, we didn't. And Jack Eichel was quoted as saying, that's the loudest I've ever heard this place. It only <laughs> took seven years and me leaving for them to get into it. That's hilarious. I love Krebs it. scored. The... the Thompson score? I don't think so. Please. Oh, I know. He's been dragging If Skinner scored, I swear to God. Yeah, my team sucks tonight. Literally, the only goals I got were two from Chicken and one from Matthews. I benched Alex Killorn and he scored the only goal in this game. I'm so mad. I had an awful night. Former Leaf Ben Hutton scored for Vegas. The only oh, goal. Of course he did. <laughs> uh, so if Tampa anybody's is losing three one right now, by the way. Yeah, to Calgary. It's great. Um, Who's in that? So if anybody watched Survivor, it was fantastic. There was a great two hour premiere. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because I know Sadi hasn't watched it yet. But shout out, there are not one, not two, but three Canadians on this season. There is one uh, girl from Montreal, and then there's a, a girl who's from Whitby and a guy from Ajax. Whoa. And the ones from Whitby and Ajax are coincidentally on the same tribe. Oh. So there's they got split into three tribes, and the two of them. Can you could you what? imagine? You enter to be on Survivor, and you get flown all the way to Fiji. And then they split you up into teams and you get talking to somebody who's on your team and they are from 15 minutes away from where you live. Yeah. What are the chances? Could you imagine? That's absolutely insane. So the guy from Ajax is a, uh, a vet tech, I think. He's pretty cool. There's always like a doctor of some kind. Um, but yeah, it lo- it's looking like a good season. They um, They lost two people in the first episode. One guy got his shoulder popped back in after it popped out. It was sick. Ooh. I love watching like sh- like chiropractic poppings and things. So this guy in the first challenge, he was carrying two uh, oars and he fell over and landed on it and it like dislocated his shoulder. And so he's like walking around with one down. And uh, so the the medical staff came out and they're like, you know, we can pop this back in with some, you know, some painkillers and like this. He's like, no, just do it. Just do it. I'm good. And, two- and so you see, you see and hear it like just like back into place. It's so Johnny, cool. I feel like you're the type of guy that also lands on like pimple popping videos after browsing for you so long. called it. And tune in you to the next it. episode of Leafs Late Night where we uh, fix someone's herniated disc. Yeah, Live. I, I'm into the <laughs> Live. really weird corners of YouTube. I just end up there. It's stupid. It's either I learn about the banana republic or it's like you know some asmr soap cutting thing into people getting their necks cracked so that's my youtube when when you were talking about how he just said yeah yeah just do it reminded me of when i broke my nose doctor came in just saying hey you want to sit on your hands 
so that I wouldn't punch oh, no. him as he reset it. <laughs> oh no! You want to sit on your? <laughs> Damn! I uh, I dislocated my um, whatever you call it, my pinky toe once. Like it was, or no, it wasn't that one. It was my my big toe. I dislocated it. It was like completely sideways. I tripped in uh, sandals, and I just kind of like I was holding it, and I felt it start to move, and it just went pop back in. It was the grossest feeling I've ever felt. Mm. Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning before that one. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, no, 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 thing, note but... to self, don't block a shot with your face. Yeah. No. no, no. Trust, trust. All right. So I never broke anything, but uh, knock on wood. Uh, but um, when I was younger, I was stupid enough to be like, oh, man, I really want a boogie board right now. So I was like attempting it and I was like doing a, like an okay job at first. But then I just really like I was running and I jumped on the thing, slipped and the board flipped right into my face. And I was probably like 11 or 12 and like it didn't hurt at the time because it's so like it, it hits like it, like it hurt. But like it's such a brutal pain that you don't feel it until like moments later. You're like, oh, man, that like that, that hurt, I guess. And then all of a sudden, like you're looking at your mouth without teeth. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I remember when I was in second grade, I got my two front teeth knocked out by a, a tennis ball playing red butt. Red butt, Red Canadian butt. classic. <laughs> Canadian classic. The object of the game is to throw a tennis ball against the brick wall that is the side of every school in Ontario. And uh, I don't remember what what was it. What was the object? You had to run and hit, the, touch the yes. wall if something happened. If somebody caught the ball without it right. bouncing, then they would they would have to throw. Their job would be to throw it immediately to the wall, but you'd have to be running to the wall because if you don't touch the wall before they throw it to the wall, then yeah. they get to throw it at you. Apparently I don't or There was different variations, yeah. but I thought like, yes. that was the main reason motivation for running to that wall. Cause I was a little chunkster and I'm like, Oh shit. No oh, man, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> so I'm like, I'd never run that fast except for red, butt. see it might. Yeah. So basically the object of the game was to outrun a, a throw. Yeah. So there was no way you could win. In my day, we didn't play red ass. We played whip. So it's the exact same concept, but you hit the person, not the wall. And you just chuck that tennis ball at whoever's running to the wall. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah. I love that we were a sheltered little small town school that called it red butt. And it, apparently it's called I red ass. I thought you were just uh, censoring it for the show here. You actually no, called it red butt? It red butt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Where do you, you go to school? Where do you go to school? Shout out the elementary school. Saint Antoine Danielle. It's in North York, Toronto. I grew up in Toronto, guys. Yeah, fair. R. H. Cornish Public School. Port Shout Perry. Out Chris Johnson. Port Perry. Nice. Port Perry. Well, nice. My uh, girlfriend's family's in Blackstock, so you'd actually know where that is, or not. Never mind. Continue on. Blackstock. <laughs> I think I don't know where Blackstock is. I know where Blackstock is. It's like five minutes down Seven A, going east. If you blink, you'll miss it. Shout out to uh, CR Gummo, which is not a school anymore. I think it, no, I think it is, but it's a new building. Anyway, the building that I went to is gone. My high school and public school are both torn down it, and new buildings now. It's kind of sad. Shout out to us doxing ourselves, all right? <laughs> We're going to have fans show up to it, like, like send us a picture of, the, you know, the little elementary school pictures they have on the wall? Yeah. Oh, my God. We, I remember when we were in first grade, we still took the one where they had the the panoramic shot of the uh, the entire school. 
Uh, this is a hockey podcast. We're rambling now. We're going to sign off for the night. Thanks for tuning in. Give us five stars and leave a review. We'll be back on Sunday. Learn about NFTs. This is Leafs Late Night. Follow Darty Brodeur on Instagram and Twitter now because he's going to be on Twitter. I hit the outro and button. Bean. It's not follow playing, Bean. So. Bum, bum, and Bean. Bum, 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 needs some follow people. at Bean25 or is it JBean25? Bean25. Or Bean25. You heard it here first. JBean25. <laughs> It's not JB. It's just me. Follow me in 25. B-I-E-H-M. The hard way. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.